we're excited to have Heather and Micah Powers here. They have been at BFA in multiple roles, multiple seasons of their life. I can let you guys introduce yourselves and kind of give an overview of just even what your involvement with BFA has been over the years, as well as what brings you here now. Well, I was born in Oregon and grew up there. I went to Trinity Western University for college, and it was there that I realized that I wasn't as much of a homebody as I thought, and that um, I also discovered there that missions didn't necessarily mean living in the bush in Africa, yeah. uh, that it could also be working mm. with youth. And so when I heard about BFA, I decided that I could do that for a couple of years, even though I was never going to be a missionary. Um, I came. And I was an RA for two years at Vitligan. And then I, maybe that's where my, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And then the story gets a little muddy. There it is. Yeah, yeah I, I muddied it up at that point. So. <laughs> I remember hearing this, even as a student in my study hall, they're like, oh, Heather and Mr. Powers, they're yeah. like hanging out. And yeah, we brought <laughs> some drama. And we definitely brought drama. <laughs> yeah, so I moved around quite a bit growing up and was always really interested in missions and uh, in missionaries, really kind of looked up to missionaries uh, and... So I was eventually wandered into education in college. Uh, and as I was coming out, I was much more sold on doing something with missions than education. Uh, but heard through a friend who ironically also had been an RA at Vidlingen about BFA and heard about a one-year need. So I came for what I thought was one year to teach middle school social studies and just absolutely fell in love with the culture of the school, the international uh, stories and background uh, experiences of the students here, and the international missional reach of the school, and just was so excited to be a part of that. And I found that I really loved middle school students as well and enjoyed being in the classroom with them. And uh, I met this really cute RA <laughs> from Billingen, and yeah, so we... We started, our first date was Christmas banquet. Yes, it was. No fall. way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. That's awesome. Talk and about being ten on year display. <laughs> ten year old, well, well spent. So. And pretty, Absolutely. Yeah, well, pretty much every other date that we ever went on was to, that was actually an official date and not washing dishes or doing yard work at Vitlingen. Um, oh, pretty much every other too. date was at the Starbucks on Theodorstrasse in, in Basel, okay. so... Wow. So there we, we made up for the cheap first date by every go. coffee being a 10-euro day. <laughs> oh, you want to actually drink the coffee. That's, yeah. That is actually. as BFA a relationship as I've ever heard. <laughs> it absolutely is. That is a BFA relationship. That's awesome. I didn't know that. So yeah. cool. Yeah. When you when you came, because I, I feel like I had you in ninth grade, did you Yep, did you my first year here. Okay. I was mostly middle school, but at, at BFA, I learned right away, you know, you you going to get a little bit of everything. You're going to get a broad range of experiences. And so I was mostly middle school, but they didn't have someone for freshman history. So if you remember, Michael Lee, Mr. Lee, yeah. had one section of it, and I had the other section. That's right. And he had the, knew what he was doing, half of the class, and I had the 21-year-old... You had figuring Nathan. out what I was doing <laughs> half of the class. <laughs> so you, was, you got I the short straw there, Nathan. No, it's okay. <laughs> I my 
my most vivid memory, and not to throw you under the bus here, is it was like a two or three page paper, and it was decently well written, but you handed it back to me, and you had docked me just like a couple points because you didn't want to give me a hundred, and because I accidentally one and a half spaced it instead of double spaced <laughs> it, you're like, this is the mistake that I found, and so we had a very long discussion about. <laughs> I, as a 14-year-old child, felt that that was... <laughs> Injustice! Yeah. Injustice! How dare you I, do yeah. this to me? And, and uh, hearing that story again, I would I would have a lot of sympathy for you. <laughs> there's uh, Yeah, there's some learning curves there. and We'll get to that part of the story, but that's a big that's reason why I'm back here, yeah. is thinking about my experience as a 21-year-old yeah. here, um, coming here as my first role, and huh. thinking about how do we support new teachers in their role here, and... Yeah, give a, give a little way. give a little color about what. But we need to get back to like oh. how they got married and everything too. So do that, and I want to hear. I want to hear the, the <laughs> okay, fine. The love story. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we started. We met in August at new staff orientation, like in the in the auditorium, like first mm-hmm. first week, and we started dating by the end of November. Well, we figured out the the reason that we got kind of hit it off first was I was wearing an Oregon State hat. And Heather noticed and was like, oh, you're from Oregon? And so we got to talking about Oregon and figured out that our families have really close mutual friends in Oregon. And my parents... I played at their house when I was a kid, and then he played at their house when he was a kid. No way. Yeah. And so, yeah, so when we did start dating, her parents had lots of friends that they could call and kind of dig up (laughs) dirt on me and find out, like, what you know, what's this Powers kid about... Um, so that was a cool kind of small world thing, mm-hmm. and we had a lot of common experiences. But anyways, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so we started dating the end of November, and then we were engaged by April. Um, so yeah, it was fast, yeah. but it was one of those, like, if you know, you know. Well, and because we, we didn't really have a dating relationship, we spent all of our time working together at the dorm. And so mm. you see real life, and you're doing real life together, and you see each other at your highs and your lows. and. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it it just was kind of real all the way along, and I definitely thought I was coming short term and was not um, looking to find someone here. But mm-hmm. uh, that was what the Lord had for us. Just definitely grateful. And so, did you get married that summer then? So we did not get married that summer. We got married at Christmas. Oh okay. And so um, I started my second year as an RA in Vitligan, and then went home, and we got married, and then when we came back. I worked like nine to five in the dorm, which is obviously not ideal because that's not when the most of the students are there. Um, but it, you know, kind of want to live with your husband. So that, that was <laughs> just like, a bit. Yeah. so that worked. Um, but just for that spring. And then I moved over to the school side of things. And so I worked in the front office our first full year of marriage. And then both here and Sitzenkirk back in the day. Hmm. And then I transitioned and taught elementary art and elementary library for a year and then did two more years of elementary library, just library, because that's more my passion. And then um, Ezra was born here. So that was the end of my working out of the home. That being said, I still led a small group. We were still class sponsors. I still directed the middle school play. So it wasn't like I just sat at home with Ezra. We were still very busy. So. And we always, we stayed dorm subs at mm-hmm. Vitlingen and 
So we were in there every Thursday night and then kind of moved in for one weekend a month mm-hmm. over the years that we were here. And that was wonderful. It was wonderful to keep that connection with the dorm. And even after Ezra came along, we just brought his pack and play. He was like the little dorm mascot. He would like disappear and we'd be like, anybody know where the baby is? No? Oh, oh, he sent somebody's room. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, he will. That will. He'll never be more popular with high school girls than he was then. That was, <laughs> that was kind of the, the height of his ladies' man career. That's You didn't stay a history teacher the whole time. No, I taught for five years and coached JV girls basketball. Was really happy in both of those roles. And we felt going into that fifth year like God was preparing us for a change and we weren't sure what that looked like or what that meant. And we were reluctantly starting to think and pray towards if that meant we were leaving BFA. And then right at the beginning of the school year, if I remember correctly, the principal at that time found out that he was leaving at Christmas and let the school know. So the vice principal moved into his role, and then the school was really just looking for someone who would be willing to be the vice principal. And uh, eventually, I think they scraped far enough down in the barrel to find me, (laughs) and uh, I was willing to do it. It was, in my mind, a... Uh, just a way to help out the school, and it was what the school needed at the time. Mm-hmm. So we prayed about it and committed to another three years uh, so that I could feel like I really had learned the role and mm-hmm. understood how to do it, give the school some continuity. And then in my mind, you know, that was going to be the end of that season, and I could go back to teaching um, or to whatever the Lord had next. I'm not really a big future planner. And... Over the course of that three years, so for for that spring after the principal left, I was both. I was still teaching full-time, and I was the vice principal, um, but sort of transitioning into that role. And then for the next three years until 2011, I was the vice principal of the high school. And in a lot of ways, similar to the role that I'm in this year. Yeah, because um, you're filling in for Ellen Warnicke as yes. high school principal mm-hmm. with the intention of doing staff development or teacher development or what's where is the non non planner where does the non planner want to go yeah what is, that's what is a good, your plan <laughs> that's a good question i'm so we we left in 2011 we at that point through my arc of being a vice principal god had shown me through some experiences in doing accreditation visits to other schools and conversations with some school leaders uh he gave me more of a vision and kind of a calling to school leadership and having that, that broader impact on the culture of a school. And so we left for me to get my master's and then okay. um, worked at a school, another missionary school in Spain for a few years. And then uh, most recently we were in Oregon at a Christian school there. I was the secondary principal and things were going really well there, but we always have had BFA on our heart and um, missionary kids um, TCKs on our heart, and so we we had been praying, and 
in being called back here, really the thing that on was on my heart was uh, teacher development. Yeah, the the idea, not that I need to be the one that's putting my hands in it all the time, but being involved in um, supporting, mentoring our teachers here yeah. because they even just to advocate for it, whether you're the person that's doing the training. Yes, exactly. And that's to kind of get at what's happening next year. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm really keeping an open hand with that. Uh, There are always things to do at BFA. And we really believe through a lot of things that happened in the last year that the Lord's calling us here indefinitely. So we would love to stay at the school for a long time, if that's what the Lord has for us. And I, in some ways, don't care what my role will be next year. Um, the Lord willing, Miss Warnicky will come back into her seat. That will be wonderful. I, I look forward to working with her. Uh, she's been a big help in getting me going here and teaching me the the ropes of some of the different applications and uh, the school management software that we use. But going forward, um, I hope to still be involved in that teacher development process somehow, or at least making sure it's still happening. And um, wherever else they need me, wherever else I can help be a support to the mission of the school and, and an encouragement to the people working here, that's what I'm going for. I, I have a strong desire to see any of our teachers here come and feel at the end of their time here, whether it's been one year or whether it's been 10 years, that they have not only been blessed for giving of their time and of their efforts to ministry, but that they've actually grown and been encouraged professionally as well. Mm. I don't want anyone to feel like they just sort of sacrificed some of their years mm-hmm. to Jesus, and now <laughs> they're going to go back to to their career path. Yeah. You show up, you're squeezed for everything you're worth, and then yeah. kind of shoved, <laughs> shoved out the back Yeah, door. and I know, I know that um, sometimes it can feel like that, and, and I think I know that I've experienced ministry burnout. I think lots of us have, but um, helping protect people from burnout, but also just helping people grow even people who have been here a long time and feel really comfortable, um, sometimes we even need to be encouraged and reminded to grow. So um, that might be some of my role as well. That's awesome. I love, yeah, we need to dispel that um, thought that you kind of put your life on hold to go on missions, and then you kind of have to pick up pieces when you get back, whenever that may be. Mm -hmm. You know, your life doesn't stop when you go on the mission field. And yeah, that's that's super awesome for our staff and our school just to have somebody dedicated to making sure that, you know, that that happens. And I think it already does happen, you know, and we, we I love how BFA already is encouraging us professionally um, to develop and to, mm-hmm. to leave this place. And that's um, that's been one of the yeah. most encouraging things to me, Josh, in, in getting here and looking around is I, that need was expressed to me and that was mm-hmm. one of the, the reasons that we felt we should come. Um, and then in being here, we've seen so many of those efforts that are already mm-hmm. started or happening or going on in, in places here and there, and whether it's directed at the teachers or the RAs or the support staff. Um, the heart is there and and the, and the right people are, are in place. And so it is just an opportunity to mm-hmm. be a part of a team that's that already has that heart of pouring into the staff and investing in them yeah you're not the one person trying to paddle upstream be like guys this could be better no but yeah a, and I, <laughs> a, there, we put our, our money where our mouth is hopefully and mm-hmm. wanting i think there's a, a lot of people in leadership that 
come from, I'll, I'll say, non-missional background, but have been involved in missions and global education long enough that see where this beautiful kind of symbiosis of people coming and serving, but they're serving in a way that is based on their gifting, it is sustainable, it is useful for the kingdom, whether it's teaching or administration or, or whatever it is, it's not a putting my life on hold, but it's a, this is part of career development. Even I, I think that's probably most lived out from what I can hear and understand in the Res Life program of training up, you know, some of these people who are fresh out of college mm-hmm. and figuring out mm-hmm. maybe what they want to do with life and ministry and the idea of what, you know, kind of, I think when we are grow, all growing up, the idea of to do missions is to go sell everything you own, pack, pack your belongings in a, in a coffin and go to the bush of like, (laughs) that's, Mm -hmm. that's what my, my grandparents grew up with and Mm -hmm. that that kind of mentality and not necessarily wrong. I think there's a a mentality shift of maybe long versus short term, but there's an accessibility of missions across the board that can play a huge founding role in somebody's career, whether it's for one year or 10 and can shape who they are if they've lived in one specific place and then they say, Hey, I want to, I want to get a better understanding of this place. And whether that's, whether that motivates them to really get into something deeper, or whether that just gives them an understanding of, so that when they go quote back home and they have missionaries that come and mm-hmm. share that heart of, Oh, you know, we're trying to figure out what to do. We're trying to figure out education. There's some context. There's some, um, some empathy, I think of, of what families go through and what missions could maybe look like rather than, mm-hmm this completely separate world that they just, they have an understanding. I think that yeah. is encouraging for, for everyone. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think whether you're here for one year or a long time and whatever your role is, even just the process of living on financial support for a year mm-hmm. changes your perspective on things, but being on, in, in a community and com- contact with this kind of a community it, it does change you for life yeah, <laughs> and um, your perspective is going to be different wherever you go next. And um, yeah, that's, that's the desire, just like it would be for our students mm-hmm. to, to see them leverage the gifts and the challenges that come with their TCK experience um, to be the next generation of church leaders and, and just Christian leaders in whatever sphere God calls them to. I think I see our staff here as in the same way, whatever, God's calling them to next. Their time at BFA can and should be uh, something that alters their trajectory um, or opens them up in some ways to to hearing God's voice differently and to being sensitive to other parts of the world and uh, to other needs. with the experiences you guys had the first time you were at BFA in the dorm, in the classroom. Um, I think you said it really well, Micah, just about seeing all the different backgrounds and cultures and and just getting to know what TCKs are and, and their value and everything. Coming back now with a family, <laughs> with your two kiddos, um, how, how does that speak into now raising missionary kids? Oh, it's uh, it's overwhelming for sure. Yeah. I mean, 
you, if you've studied transition, you know, they show you the curve and you've got the honeymoon phase and then you've got the trough and then you go back up and it's all good. But mm -hmm. we've definitely hit the, the trough <laughs> right now. Yeah. So we definitely have moments of why are we here? Not, not us as parents, but the kids. Yeah. And why can't yeah. we go back to where we came from and we miss our friends? Um, but having been here before, we know what's ahead for them. We know, like, oh, we're so crazy excited that our son gets to be part of middle school chrysalis program. And just the having an, a senior guy speak into his life is just, mm -hmm. oh, it's just, uh, like, it just makes me feel so blessed. Um, but also, you know, high school small groups and the trips that these kids get to take as they get older and the teachers that speak into their lives. And so... Um, so I'm excited for them for that, just what's ahead for them as they go through their BFA years. And then just knowing that MKs have such a unique skill set, just in the sense that they are able to pack up their family and move overseas, and that's not a foreign concept to them, or traveling is something that they're used to, and they often speak other languages and that gives them a leg up in, in the future. So I think the first time that we were here, um, in some ways, because we both thought we were here short term in a good way, we, we dove in, uh, with the kids and spent lots of time in the dorms, lots of time with students. Um, helping with homework, all sorts of things like that. And I mean, life was so simple back then. Looking back, I did have time to do all those things. But uh, we, as we got to know the students, we had a lot of conversations with them about their parents' ministries. And some of them were really struggling to identify with or appreciate their parents' ministry. Um, and others really felt like they were a part of their parents' ministry. And that was one of the patterns that we saw that we talked about together as we did start to think about having kids of our own, um, how even before they were born, you know, how are we going to help our kids to feel like they are part of our ministry? Um, I, I do think that that's a, a really important part, that they're not growing up feeling like they are victims of our calling to the mission field, but that they have received that calling as well and that they're part of that ministry. So we hope and pray that we're doing that well, you know, with the Holy Spirit uh, at work in them as we pray. That's mostly what we can do. But uh, for them to experience what it means to raise support um, and to see God provide, and for them to experience at the same time that sense of loss and to be able to recognize as we pray here and reflect on answers to prayer, the way that God is providing for them, uh, providing new friends, providing mentors like Heather was describing. Um, that's going to build their faith, and they are ultimately going to have to make the choice of how they want to identify that. But yeah, that's our prayer, that, uh, that they will identify with the ministry and that they will absorb that peace, not just from us, but from this community of amazing people, that idea of obedience and um, whatever God's calling us to do, whether it's, and sometimes he's calling us to leave the mission field, right? And, and go do something else. Um, just being willing to obey and then to see 
the way he's going to bless and, and hold you in his hand as you, as you follow him. I'm always really impressed when a family can bring their, their kid along in their ministry, not, not physically, but as far as emotionally with buy-in, there was a, a girl we talked to two years ago, one of the first girls or yeah, um, to cat and who has since graduated. And I was so impressed when we talked to her about, um, not just her, her involvement as far as, Oh, I come along for BBS and I help out, but genuinely, uh, understanding the heart behind what their parents were doing mm-hmm. and a buy-in to wanting to help move that forward even later in life, whether that's next to them or in a different area, but mirroring what they do. I, I think that's something that I, I would have wished. I mean, I understood kind of mm-hmm. what my parents did, but mm-hmm. I, I've always had this thought of like, if we asked the fifth graders or something like, tell me, tell me what your parents do. Uh-huh. I don't know if all of them no, and that's not a that's not a knock on the parents at all, but just when that is intentionally done to bring the kid along for the ride as far as this is why mom and dad are here, mm-hmm. not in the aspect of putting your kid on the altar of ministry and mm-hmm. um, like, hey, you're going to be a missionary too, you know, just suck yeah. it up and, and keep going, but to help them process through and understand because it is such a unique experience, I... I keep thinking when they when we had accreditation come through the the guy at I believe it was um, the MSA where mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily understand mm. some of the intricacies of support raising and the emotional and spiritual component of it, but them saying you have something incredibly special here, please do not change who you are. And I think <laughs> it's so easy for many of us. I'll, I'll be the first to say that support raising is not easy. Mm. or or fun but it is also unexpectedly life-giving in yep. and in this Absolutely. weird kind of backwards way mm-hmm. and it it does create this kind of barrier of entry that also makes you really dig deep and seek what God has and inviting your kid along for the process is is huge i mean i i know being involved in the family photo where you have we when we went to italy i think we used like pizza cutouts to talk about like where we were at percentage wise, you know, like all those really awkward missionary kid uh-huh. photos Absolutely. or whatever, but I, that is, that is really good to hear of just intentionally bringing your kid along for ministry, not, not just physically, but bringing their minds and their hearts as well, I think is huge. So as we wrap up, do you have any words for anybody listening that is thinking about joining either BFA or going on the mission field at all, whether they have a family or just when you guys set out, you were single people. Um, what words do you have for them? Well, I would say support raising can seem super daunting, um, especially in this current situation we're in. Um, I remember when we got our support schedule back in January, we kind of looked at that bottom line and thought, this is huge. Like, We've never had to raise for a family before. And so when you're looking at starting from zero and going to to your full support, it just seemed almost insurmountable. And then two months into that, we went into lockdown (laughs) and we thought, well, how's this going to happen? And we watched God raise 30% of our support in two months without us doing anything really. I mean, we had been really proactively support raising and then we sort of took our feet off the gas, so to speak, and just sort of, we didn't want to step on any toes or whatever if people were worried about jobs, security or whatever. Um, 
and we just had support continue to come in. And so we were fully, well, and then we had BFA saying, oh, we need you here sooner so that you can quarantine. So then it's like the finish line got moved up. (laughs) And then our mission said, oh, well, you have to be fully supported a couple weeks before that so that we can give permission. So then the finish line moved up even further. And so all of a sudden Mm. we lost basically a month of support raising time and God brought it all in with time to spare. Um, And so it just, it can look huge and it can look daunting, but it's not us doing it. It's God doing it. And so it's totally possible. Um, I mentioned not being a future planner. I guess my, my encouragement would be not to avoid planning for the future, but it's amazing where God will lead um, if all of our plans we hold with an open hand, you know, and if, if in our experience, if we're just willing to listen, and that's that's been a big process in my life of, learning how to listen in prayer. Um, if we're if we're willing to listen and then we go into that with an agreement to just obey and do whatever he asks us to do, man, he takes you on some really fun adventures. And he takes you through some really hard things too, or I guess I should say sometimes we bring hard things on ourselves, but uh, he leads us over the mountains and through the valleys. And mm-hmm. uh, the, the blessing and the rewards of just being open and letting him, I don't want to say take the wheel, because that's terrible. But, uh, <laughs> There's a song in there yeah. somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, I think so. This isn't a musical <laughs> podcast, right? Um, but to let him have that control, I, just the, the blessings that come with that, and then just kind of like build on it every time we say yes to God uh, have just been really amazing and humbling. Um and then you asked about prayer requests. Yeah, how can we pray for you guys? I think one of the big ones is our kids yeah, that we mentioned absolutely. already. Mm. Um, just that we can put them in whatever circumstance we want um, and are surrounded by whatever people we want, but it's ultimately their heart's choice how to mm. receive and how to absorb and where they're going to turn to process transition. Um where they're going to turn to look for kind of the meaning and what's rewarding for them in this life overseas. So just praying that God will keep their hearts soft and um, continue to bring friendships and mentoring relationships into their lives that will draw them towards him and that will Mm -hmm. keep their eyes focused on looking for him at work in their lives. Mm. And then the other one more professionally, I guess, would just be that God uh, will orchestrate over the course of this year and next year um, just what role he wants us in, and mm-hmm. that'll make it clear, and that I'll be ready to say yes to whatever that is. So mm. um, praying that that doesn't end up being in maintenance, because I think that could be physically dangerous to people at school here, based on my handyman <laughs> skills, <laughs> but uh, pretty much anything else that they want us to do. Uh, we'd be <laughs> excited to do so. Just praying for yeah. for wisdom and clarity in that. I think for both of those things you just mentioned, one thing that we always find ourselves coming back to on this podcast 
and just life at BFA is God's faithfulness and mm-hmm. how he's shown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all of us time and time again from the moment we started support raising to just our journeys here. He has a bigger plan than we could ever imagine. And definitely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. We'll definitely keep you in our in our hearts and prayers as, as you guys continue your journey here. And thanks for coming in and yeah. and talking to us. It's I think it'll be fun for some of the people at home to hear your voices. Those who have moved on from this place um, from years ago. So it was it was fun to when during the summer when people were support raising in the spring we're trying to intentionally post out that people are coming and just driving awareness especially with lockdown and, and pandemics and things um it's fun to to share that you guys are coming back and just see the global bfa community mm-hmm. being like oh they're coming back that's so awesome and just yeah. but yeah it was encouraging for us too i, I hope back. so yeah yeah but definitely yeah it feels like we've we've come back home so yeah thank you guys for the time yeah. and yeah. And Nathan, uh, I'm going to go upstairs and look into the record books and see if I can give you those two points back. I could have gotten high honors if it hadn't been for that one yeah. small English. <laughs> but but then you might have ended just, up somewhere kidding. else. So I know, right? That's true. It's all, it all in God's plan. <laughs> Mike and Heather, thank you for sharing your heart Absolutely. and for being here and, and sharing your heart with kids here as well. Thank you, guys. It's Thanks for having us on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BFA Life Podcast. So glad that you could join us today. And a big shout out and thank you to the Powers for coming in and having an awesome conversation with us. We're so glad you guys are back here serving the Lord here at BFA. For all of you listeners out there, if you want to reach out to us, um, get in contact with us, we would just welcome your feedback. We're determined to continue to tell the story of what God is doing here at BFA. So If there's anything that you would like to hear, if there was anything that you wondered about BFA, let us know. We can cover those things in upcoming episodes. Reach out to us on Facebook, or you can email us at communications at bfacademy.de. Again, so grateful that you could join us, and we will catch you in the next one.